a world champion with a body like that. And this man. And that's the bottom line. And now, your world podcast champions. Travis? My man. Rumbling reality is here. Again. Was that your, was that supposed to be like your own version of something? I don't know. It was yeah, I guess my something. How was your <laughs> uh how was your uh, Christmas and Christmas Eve, Travi? Christmas Eve and day was absolutely awesome. It, it's always a good time to just relax and chill with loved ones and Take a take a break and enjoy the holidays, and which is what we were Christmas doing Rock. last week. Yeah, we all have, we all. I did not watch Christmas Raw. Oh. Um, yeah, I didn't watch it until the next day, oh, uh, which is what I do anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, me uh, too, pretty much. But I don't, I don't. I mean, that's that's great that WWE tried to compensate the the boys for working Christmas Christmas Day. What they do? And I, I get it. I mean. I get why they were doing it because this goes back to all the way in July. Well, you know it was a legal thing, right? Huh? It was a legal thing. No, it wasn't a legal thing at all. What ended up happening was it turns out because uh, of, of the everybody to start something, it was uh, Rebby Hardy, Matt's wife, who very first said something and spoke out on Twitter about having the boys work on uh, on Christmas when it was announced all the way back in July. Yeah. And of course, you know, Rebby's not one to mince words or keep her mouth closed at all. She she'll let you know how she feels right off the bat. Um, she was like, "Oh, that's great for the company." And oh, I'm sorry, and Jeff's wife too, Beth Hardy yeah, said something. I wrote about, about it. Too. And uh, they were like, "Oh, what a good way to make the boys work on Christmas instead of spending time with their families." And they quickly retracted their statements because they found out that it wasn't the company that was making them work. It was the USA Network. Well, that's, who, that's what I meant. Uh, WWE. Legal, uh, legal reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, legal reasons. We don't know exactly what legal ramifications we'd be talking there. But, yes, it was not the WWE's decision to have the boys work on Christmas. It was the network who requested that they But you almost have a wonder show. if they could have done some kind of, like, live special, like, some kind of, like, I don't know. It, it couldn't be pre-recorded because they signed a, you know, a deal for live shows. But you almost right. wonder if they could have done some kind of, like, a live team with, you know, Michael Cole and whoever recapping, you know, the year. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's that's pretty much what we used to get uh, back in the back in the days too. If you remember, like yep. back when they were on Spike and what. Oh yeah. We never we never once got uh, got a live Christmas special. This was the first time Raw ever was live on Christmas, and uh, other than that, we always had the shows that were either pre-recorded, like they were recorded the weekend before, yep, um, or the Sunday before Christmas if it was like on the weekdays or whatever, and then. Uh, if it wasn't one of those, then it was like you said, it was like a recap of the year, um, yeah. Which which was fine because you know nobody really cared about that anyway because it's like oh, okay, I well, couldn't I mean, watch we, it. I we, was doing stuff. Yeah, we were. Nobody was gonna miss anything. It wasn't to progress any storylines or anything like that. It was just it was just that. It was a. I mean, it was mostly kind of a, a lot of what, what would you say a lot of the angles were mostly Finn Balor, which it's right. They never progressed Finn Balor, so you're right. <laughs> yeah. She's that. That's a that's a story that just. Ugh. But since while we're on Rebby though, 
I want to kind of talk about Matt Hardy real quick. They sure. are completely screwing up Matt Hardy, personally. Uh, how? Personally. How? I don't know. I don't know if it's Matt Hardy's doing or it's creative, but personally, I just feel like they're making him, I don't know, just be like some kind of laugh factory. It's not no, like he's not. He's it's nothing not. that we're used to in TNA with the vignettes and, um, you know, shorts in the back. Now, not shorts as in like, you know, little debates with Bray Wyatt. And I'm not feeling this whole woken little transverse little screen they do. It's like, it's too. Forced. It's too much. Yeah, it's too much like a Bray Wyatt feel, um, which I wasn't a fan. I'm not a fan of it either. Uh, but I don't think they're screwing anything up because we talked about it on the on the last episode that we filmed right before Christmas weekend that uh, Vince has actually given a lot of leeway to, to Matt Hardy himself for creative towards this whole Woken gimmick because at the end of the day, it was Matt Hardy's uh, creation to begin with. He's the one that got yeah. it over. But you also have to understand, you're dealing with two different entities here. You're dealing with Matt Hardy, who uh, portrayed the broken character in TNA, where there was no kind of creative team except for the boys themselves yeah. um, to get their characters over. And had a, and at that time, the Hardys were the, uh, the biggest stars in that company and had a lot of creative freedom and leeway to do with whatever they wanted with that company at the time and were funding some of the show to begin with. So they had a lot of freedom. Oh, really? I didn't know their... that. Oh, yeah. That was part of a lot of the controversy uh, when the whole uh, lawsuit started was that they were helping fund some of the production that was going on, uh, not just with the broken characters, but in general for TNA to help keep them going a little bit. And that was part of the controversy was theirs was like, how could this company that uh, was benefiting from the Hardys just literally from just their goodwill now all of a sudden want to turn their backs on them and try to sue them for their company? That's business right there. It is, but it's not the wrestling business, which is what Jim Cornette even said when all this started with the Hardys was that this is, this is where WCW screwed up with Time Warner was that you had business executives that – uh, literally tried to run the wrestling business like a business, and they don't understand wrestling. They don't understand our business. It's yeah. not like any other kind of business. So the fact that they were trying to treat it as such was not going to benefit them, which is apparent because we now know what Ed Norham, the the owner of Anthem, did, which was he retracted his lawsuit retracted his statement and now started putting in their contracts for their talent that uh, they were going to let any new talent or previous talent retain the rights to their character. So that all blew up in their face. Do you think Welcome at Hardy is over? Or do you just (laughs) think people are just kind of just cheering because they're just bandwagon cheering? They don't know a lot of the background between the actual broken and woken stuff. And It's it's both. It's both. You're, you've got smart people in the crowd all the time that know oh, what, yeah, what he's doing. You know, they, they get what he's doing. But this is where I was going to say, WWE is different in regards to this is a larger platform. This is a different audience as opposed to what TNA was dealing with. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time to, to get over. It's going to – it's over to a certain degree. It's over amongst the, the quote-unquote internet crowd and the marks – uh, for professional wrestling, but it's going to take a little bit to get the mainstream audience to get to get with the woken the woken character. It'll get there. 
Yeah. It's just it's it's just going to take a little bit of time. I don't I don't think they're doing anything wrong. I don't think they're doing anything bad. Matt Hardy is committing to the character just like he did in TNA. He's he's getting with it. He's he's slowly going to get it to what people were used to. But that's that's the difference now is people now have to be patient. We we have what we were waiting for. We've got it now. Now you just got to take the train ride. And let it. I almost think. Well. I almost think putting Bravers Matt wasn't a good first feud. Personally, I thought it was I, really good on paper. But now that I'm watching it, it almost like feels like Bray's like mocking his character. Which, if that's what you want him to do, awesome. But I just not feeling. It. I don't know. It's. It. I don't think it's mocking at all. As a matter of fact, I think. I want something more whole... serious. I'm sorry. That's what I meant to say. I want. I want a more serious opponent that looks at Matt like you can't, you're you, nuts. You can't. You cannot do that with this Woken gimmick right now. And that's that's the no, problem. No, no, no. Not Matt, the, his opponent. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. You can't – you cannot be looking for a serious feud right now with the Woken character. No, a serious character. He's you can't do that either. Why? You, because it's – with the way that they're trying to introduce this character, it's not going to be a serious type of thing right now. It's well, – the it's sad part to... is, man, there are already so many like major level the wrestle zones and all that stuff. They're already writing articles that Matt Hardy's maybe this is this, this is this character failing. It's not. It's just this is this is what internet trolls like to do. Yeah, and that's well, it's not that's trolls. What... It's the actual people who write the articles on the head the head websites. They're like just they're WrestleZone. just as much as trolls as anybody else because <laughs> this thing has only been going for what three weeks. Oh yeah, I'm gonna give it more time for sure. I'm just. Uh... But so, that's that's yeah. my point is that people don't give it time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Every and that's part of that's that's not necessarily anything to do uh, with a personal perspective. Of course, we all have our own personal things that we can control yeah. our own emotions or whatnot. But that's part of what this this generation is is that we want things here and now as fast as possible, and you don't respect the building. Okay, speaking process. on giving people time, let's transition transition to something kind of similar. So do you think we're not giving Jason Jordan enough time, or do you think uh, what he's doing is working? Uh, I'm, like I'm a... glad I'm glad we're transitioning to this topic because this will go into what they're doing, what they did this past Monday mm-hmm. uh, with the tag title situation. Um, and the reason I, they did that is because Ambrose is now out for nine months. Yep, yep. We won't see him for the better part of 2018, which, which is crazy. Could be good for him. That could be good for him. Be, oh, I, I said the same thing, but I reported. Because I read all the stuff, and they were saying three months initially, and now they're saying nine months, and everybody's saying it's kind of like a uh, on purpose thing. It, I mean, Randy so, Orton even said something to the degree years ago on his first uh, biography or, do, or excuse me documentary that's on the network too. If you haven't ever watched it, um, you're dealing with a business that is very cutthroat at times. Yeah, there's there are some guys that are sharks in the water, and. You know, it's like he he said it himself. He's like, <clears throat> you're wrestling somebody, and oh, you know, I didn't mean to to break your arm there. That was a complete accident. Yeah. But you know, I'm sorry you're out. But I guess now I'm taking your spot. You know, and that's what he called an AOP, an accidentally on purpose. Uh, AOP, and, right? Right? <laughs> How I never thought of that. How ironic. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I totally get where he's coming from on that. Um, and it's, it, I don't think it was to be honest. I really do think it was something that was done unintentionally, um, just because it wasn't really a situation where anybody could have set it up to where it hurt him that bad. It well, was you a, know, and I was saying on Twitter, uh, if you want to follow me at WWE Ramsey, 
I was actually saying that, you know, it could be a godsend for Dean Ambrose to restart his career a little bit. Yes, 100%. What? As a matter of fact, I personally would love to see Ambrose come back with a little bit more of a darker edge to yes. it. Yes, oh yeah. Like, don't, don't come back being, like, just this wacky lunatic guy that is just unhinged as they like to do it. It hasn't Have him come back with that, yeah. that sinister edge to him. I, I, I would love that. And, and I think it would be a fresh thing because – also, I think it would be even better if he comes back as a heel to work with that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I said that too. I mean, it's we've seen it time and time again in previous comebacks and things like that. Is sometimes you just need to, you just need to uh, take a step back and be like, you know what? I need to change. Something. There's no I'm, way he hasn't thought that or talked about it before because he. There's no way Dean Ambrose by now is not feeling like he's gotten kind of stale or he's not how he used to be or not perceived as gets much fan reactions. There's something as a human you have to realize if even if he has to go back and watch a show or two here and there, he got to realize he is not what he used to be when it comes to fan reactions and keeping it fresh. I don't think Dean Ambrose works that way though because oh. if you've ever heard him in any of his interviews before, he's just he's a guy who is doing something he enjoys. And he doesn't really care uh, about the the theatrics necessarily. Is he good at them? Absolutely. Well, that's all he does is the funny part. Yeah, but that's that's one of those things where he's like, you know, I'm just going to go out and I'm going to do what I do. And if you don't like it, then But fine. the funny part like is me. that's not how you excel in professional wrestling. I think I every professional wrestler, Stone Cold, The Rock, all those guys, even Stone Cold, who he gets compared to a lot, has always talked about himself working on things and always trying to improve himself. Even in business, you always got to work on things. Or you're going to become stale, and the next person's going to jump in front of you. I mean, I agree. You're not. You're not going to yeah. get any argument yeah, yeah. from me. It's just more so of does Dean Ambrose see it that way? Mm -hmm. And none of us really know that, you know. And and for us to think that we can understand it or or know what's going on in his head is kind of ridiculous because none of us do, and none of us ever will. Um, but going back to the Jason Jordan topic, yeah, exactly. That Thank you. you were, I was about to say that. Um, do I think that they were doing things right with him? Uh, yeah, I kind of did. I liked that they could that WWE was acknowledging that Jordan wasn't getting over as a face as they were trying to push him as. Um, they did it for a while on purpose, I think almost. They did. They were again. Jason Jordan was getting the Roman Reigns treatment. They were pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. Um, and no matter how much people were growing uh, stale and. Uh, displeased with it, they were still pushing him as a face, which was stupid. But WWE actually did what they should have done with Roman Reigns when they realized stuff like that was going on, and turned him heel. But it was a it was it was a very subtle heel process in the fact that he would, as as I've uh, read earlier this week, it was the build of he gets so close, he has these great matches and gets so close with these top stars, yeah. but he never wins. And that was the build for him going heel. Was well, that he always thing, gets though, close, but he doesn't finish. There's it. two. There's two. Um, two ways it's gonna go. I thought they shouldn't have let him win the title. No. To an extent, because he was slowly becoming a really good heel because he's becoming this like little snivelly crybaby. And exactly. I thought, that was, I thought that was pretty good. I I don't like him as a face at all. But once no. I start, once I started realizing what they're doing with him, like okay. 
I don't like Jordan. Like I'm not behind him. I'm not. I don't want to see him win the matches. But I definitely want to see somebody beat his ass. <laughs> exactly, and that's and that and that was the part and that was the purpose. That's where WWE and got once they smart. once they have a a face, well, face right now, like Seth Rollins win the titles with him. But like I'm gonna backtrack now and say it's good and bad too because now I'm actually kind of wondering what's gonna happen with this tag team. Well, and here's the thing, and this is this is the part that really pisses me off because I read this too this past week. Did you know that there was supposed to be, or that there was another guy that that was considered to win the tag titles? Uh, with him? Damn, it was a oh no. Huh? They said they said oh no. <laughs> they I know. <laughs> Whoever said that and wherever you read that is stupid. I know. It's so funny you bring that up. I was going to say that online in a lot of places. They said Ono was the person considered to help nope. Seth Rollins. No, no. It was somebody that was on the main roster. And Who? quite frankly, it was one of those things where I'm Finn like, Balor? God dang it. It just needed to. It, they needed to go this route instead yeah. of going the Jordan route. And you know who it really was that was considered? Finn Balor. Finn Balor. Yeah, I heard that too. And it makes me so mad because I don't I don't get it I don't I don't understand well, I, I don't know I don't, man I wouldn't want that to happen though I would but here's why um, this was something I was really itching to talk about because yeah it's the, this whole Finn Balor situation and whether he's over or not really is starting to piss me off as a fan but it's his. on purpose now I I think so too and yeah. you know what and I'll say this now everything I'm saying right now is in the case of, okay, if this is really like how they feel about him, then WWE is absolutely stupid. If this turns out to be just a complete work at this point, and they are literally doing this for him to, this is kind of a push for him, like this whole thing has been a push for him, yeah. so that they could see how fans get behind I just don't him. think creative is that smart. <laughs> I don't think they are either. That's why I don't think any of this is uh, is. Uh, made up. I don't. I think this is now more so reality in that they don't see him as a top guy, which baffles my mind. It absolutely amazes me how they don't see it, or more importantly, how Vince doesn't see it. But I was so upset when I read that they actually considered Balor to be the partner because I thought, wow, you know, that actually could work because this could serve two purposes. And this is where my my own creative mind started going. You put Finn Balor with Seth Rollins, and you automatically have a good story going forward that w that could actually progress into 2018 and see a lot of good come from it. How? You pair Balor with Rollins, and you have the two guys who fought for the Universal Championship in its inauguration match at oh, SummerSlam. I forgot about that. They were the, yeah the the very same match that Balor was taken out by Rollins with the power bomb, right? So how ironic you now have the guy that was taken out be his partner and wins the titles. Have them go on a run because they're both super I heard they're also really good friends backstage. Yeah, and this is where I'm saying this could lead into awesome storytelling. You have Balor and Rollins be a team with those titles and, and extend it out. Like have it go for a while. Let this story play out for quite some time, right? Then – have it to where they lose the titles. Now you start seeing the team crumble a little bit. Now you start seeing a back and forth between Balor and Rollins. Mm -hmm. And then here comes the good brothers, Gallows and Anderson. They just so happen to mm -hmm. also be great friends of Finn Balor from mm -hmm. back in the day. 
and they start creeping into his head of being like, maybe Rollins really isn't looking out for you after all. And then, after a while of that, Balor secedes to what uh, the Good Brothers were saying, and Gallows and Anderson attack Rollins. Balor turns on Rollins. You have a reunited club. But guess what also happens if you play this out long term? Roman Reigns is still there. And hell, if you want to bring Dean Ambrose back and extend this out even further, then wait till Dean Ambrose comes back and you have the fantasy booking match that everybody has thought would be awesome, which is the Shield versus the, the club. And the fantasy is going to happen in the midst of that, at the very end of the, the feud, have Dean Ambrose churn and become amazing heel. Exactly. See how – that's what I'm saying. You literally have a story – from start to yeah, but they don't. Finish. I don't think they have enough pages in their book. I think they literally write with some kind of sketch pad and they erase it every day and make a new storyline every week. They don't but know. Tell, <laughs> but tell me that 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 right there. Oh yeah, your, your ending scenario there. I, and I'll be honest with you. I thought you were about to say something ridiculous. <laughs> it was just because you're notorious for doing that. You that's get that's on a good, good roll, and then you're the guy that comes in and is like, "I'm just going to throw a joke in there to knock the series part <laughs> down." No, but I really no. thought Dean Ambrose should like turn turn sooner or later. No, that would be great. Have Ambrose be the turn on on the and that shield. makes the club go over or win. Exactly, and it, and it's not a clean win either. So it really doesn't harm the shield, nor does it uh, harm the club because they took advantage of a moment. Yep. So it it would be a win win for all parties involved, and it's it's like, do people not really do they not think that far ahead anymore? I because honestly this, don't think th- I mean, that wasn't the case back in the day. You know? I know. And, I mean, I promise you, anybody that listens to our episode right now, uh, once we put it out there, if I would actually be amazed if somebody didn't be like, wow, that actually was a pretty decent booking decision uh, that was made up literally within the last five minutes of us talking about it. I mean, here's the thing. There's so many things you could do with the roster you have, and it's arguably one of the best rosters we've had in the long Not even long. arguably. It is the best roster. And the, the funniest part is it – the ratings don't show it, and the fan interaction. The fans mostly are just pissed off and and bitching online all the time because nothing seems to be going anybody's way. There is little diamonds in the rough. There's people like you know Rusev who are doing awesome right now, which I want to talk about in a minute. I mean, there's different you know things that are going well, but for how many people are on the roster and not being cr- taken advantage of, it's freaking <laughs> odd. It is. It's extremely odd, and it's disappointing. Yep. Because, like you said, there's so much talent that's going on right now. Um, and speaking of that, you know, we'll get we'll get into the Rusev thing in a minute because I think this also kind of plays into it. Um, the U.S. title tournament that we have announced, you know, uh, there's so much good talent that's actually in that tournament that this is going to be a throwaway tournament. You can obviously see what the finals is going to be yeah. in the Royal Rumble, yeah. which is going to be Jinder Mahal versus Bobby Roode. You Man, can totally I don't know. See I, me and a lot of people online, not just one person, I'm talking about a lot, a lot of people, are all thinking Dolph Ziggler may win. Isn't that weird? And I thought well, that was the only one. Well, this is where I guarantee you this is where they're going to go with it, was that whoever wins this uh, U.S. title tournament, Dolph Ziggler's going to show back up and claim that he never really relinquished oh, I guess, the I U.S. title. Yeah. And you know what they're recreating? What? They're recreating the Intercontinental title ladder match from WrestleMania 10. Oh, because that's what happened with Michaels, only his was a serious situation where he got suspended, 
and they had to do the whole vacating of the Intercontinental title, which got the title on Razor Ramon. And then once Michael's suspension was served, he came back claiming yeah, that he true. was the real champion and never lost the title, which set up the match between him and Razor at the ladder match for WrestleMania 10. Mm. They're doing the same thing. They're using this tournament. So to you're saying creative team. does think long-term. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think they. I don't think creative thinks that long term. They thought about where they're going to go with the rumble. If they, if they haven't thought about this for WrestleMania, then I'd be shocked because that means either Dolph Ziggler really is about to leave the company, or they're just going to be another situation. Of, I heard he's hey, already. Guess what? The contract. I heard the contract was up two months ago, and he resigned. He may have, and if yeah. he did, you know, I guess more power to him. He's making money. But, you know, I think the best thing that he could have done was leave WWE. Yeah, but well, that's, yeah. that's, that's just my opinion. I think there's actually two guys, Ziggler and, and Zack Ryder in particular, who could do so much better if they weren't under the WWE banner right now um, just because of that. But I'm telling you, this U.S. title tournament, you can see the writing on the wall. It's going to be I'll Bobby Roode versus the writing Jimmy. on the wall. Sorry, you have to do that twice now. He did that on the last uh, show too. Yeah, uh, but I'm telling you, that's that's where it's gonna go. Is it's gonna be it's gonna be Rude and Mahal, and it would not surprise me a single bit if uh, Jinder Mahal gets the U.S. title put on him. Which, just FYI, if that happens, if that does happen, and uh, Mahal does get the United States title, then scratch everything I said about potential storyline of Ziggler coming back and stuff like that because at that point then uh, there'd be no point because Ziggler is a heel already so why are you putting a heel up against a heel in a big time feud for a tur uh, title could, makes no sense they, yeah that's true I'm saying they could freaking make Rude a heel which they should at the beginning I mean now but I mean going to what you were saying about Rusev you know I'm kind of at first, I was like, you know, well, Rusev should be in this tournament just because he's a former U.S. champion. No, I want him to keep going higher and higher. He's getting so much freaking momentum right now. He's doing extremely well right now. I mean, who would have thought that this <laughs> you know. Who would have thought that this whole Rusev day thing, I loved it, man. I thought it was so stupid. It's funny. It's It became absolutely ridiculous to the point where <laughs> it became absolutely over. Yeah, exactly. And that is, and that is literally how you create stars and how you make people re man, I think Rusev has revamped his character so many times and it works every time. Well, I don't even know if I would say that he's necessarily revamped. Well, not revamped, but he comes back from a debut and he'll like, well, say, no, what I, what I consider revamp is when you do something that's completely out of touch from the character you did before Rusev, when he was gone or came back, he really didn't do that. He was still the same Bulgarian brute. It's just he went from Russia back but to Bulgaria. But he was never funny. And that's where I was going to get to, was that this is really a career progression now because he's showing that he actually can be funny. He's charismatic. He's interesting. People uh, are actually behind him and enjoying him. And that's uh, the best kind. He's supposed yeah. to be, he's, he's being pushed as a heel, but that's the funniest part. Well, and you know, this is, this is something that I actually was speaking about uh, to somebody uh, earlier this week at my job about who was a wrestling fan. As it, it amazes me that creative does stuff like this all the time that, for instance, Bray Wyatt has been on the main roster now for four years, right? Yep. It boggles my mind that still, after four years, Bray Wyatt is being pushed as a heel. 
-hmm. when he is honestly, despite his win-loss record, he is an overface. Yeah. He could easily be a face at this point, but not once, not even one time, has he been considered to be the good guy in any field. Well, they never really did that with Taker, though. Yes, they did. Well, that's it only they took two years for Taker to turn face. When did two he turn? Years. How did he turn face again? Uh, it was against Jake Roberts. Him and Jake Roberts were a team oh. for a little bit, and then Taker was. I wouldn't even consider that as when Taker really was really that popular, though. Personally, yeah, he was. He was getting there at that point. He had already been WWE champion after he beat Hulk Hogan, and that was a year after that. So, it's one of those things where it's like you have to see when there's actual momentum behind somebody and then you have to roll with that momentum. And it just, this is one of those things where I think WWE is going to be so much better off when Vince McMahon either steps away, retires or God forbid passes away. Yeah. Because I honestly do think Vince McMahon is very much stuck in the eighties mindset. If you don't fit a certain mold in what his eyes is as a wrestler, then you're not going to be anything worth your stature. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's sad. That's mm -hmm. extremely sad because that's the kind of mentality that's going to take your company back to how it was in the early 90s in the new generation where you had such a problem filling arenas and uh, getting stars over because you wouldn't get out of a mindset – that honestly was hurting your club more than anything. And that's going to be what will make uh, companies like ring of honor, uh, especially this year, ring of honor has stepped up in, in so many ways and even more so new Japan. Who's the closest thing to tying WWE in the midst of size, if you will, they're the only company at this moment that could potentially get to that point. Still yeah. would take some time, but they're there. They could get there. But I guarantee you, if things keep going the way they are, WWE is going to be exactly where they were back in the early 90s, and they're going to be losing stars left and right, and more so, they're going to lose viewers left and right. You know, and sadly, sometimes, man, it's that's kind of what it takes to shake things up. <laughs> it does. It really does. Speaking of shake-up, though, but I wanted to kind of do real this fast for... Before we go to the next thing, don't okay. you think if they just keep giving Rusev the mic, he's going to progress? Because I just feel like he... Every time they let him have more mic control, he seems to like get over. Anything he says is over, and people love he's, it. He's doing great. He's again, he's on a roll. He is absolutely on a roll. I just people... really have always loved Rusev, and I really want to see them keep pushing him. But every single time, I get so excited for a new uh, and a new guy, some guy that's really getting momentum. They screw him. They do, and that's and that's why I've kind of enjoyed with what they're doing with Rusev at the moment is that they're not. They're letting this team – because I think this is a team, uh, him and Aiden English, that's going to stay together for a little bit. Yeah. Because this also has revamped Aiden English's career, who, Definitely. if you recall, I said it on this very same show about a year ago when uh, Simon Gotch got fired. And I said that Aiden English is actually a really good wrestler and yeah, he has always an awesome him. character. Um, and he's made it work. And he's now being associated with Rusev as being his uh, – not as lackey, new Lana, as lackey, but it's a friend of his. It's working. It's getting over. Oh yeah, and it's and he's getting over because of it. He's definitely seeing more success with this Rusev pairing than he ever did with the Vaude villains. Definitely, 
Um, so we're going to get into your next topic. We're going to take a little quick break. I'm going to let my doggy out and yep, be right back. Hey guys, this is Ramsey. If you're liking what you're hearing today on Rumbling Reality, don't be afraid to give us a good comment. Give us a five star on the podcast app you're using. If you love wrestling, uh, go to rumblingrumors.com. There's tons of wrestling stuff there for you. And if you want to talk to me or Travis, go on Twitter, WWE Ramsey or Travis Falhark. Uh, that's all I got to say. Back to the show, guys. All right, Travis. So what did you, uh, what were you going to talk about? You said. Well, uh, I was talking about, uh, I was wanting to talk about this just because of the year end coming up. Uh, we know WrestleMania season is just right around the corner, which is going to lead to us looking at WrestleMania and seeing what kind of matches we'll have, which we'll get into later. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of curious. Uh, we, may, we may save this for the end of the conversation, but I wanted to kind of give a, an idea of what we would want because we know there's going to be, whether they call it a draft or a shakeup or whatever mm-hmm. they want to call it now, there's going to be one following WrestleMania. A shakedown, a smack up, a smack down, yeah. So uh, I was kind of wanting to see, like maybe pick out who we would want to see traded to the show, to a different show. Okay, so we're going to do like a top five kind of thing? Yeah, like pick five guys, or, or better yet, since we've got since uh, since there's so much that I'm sure we could both come up with, uh, let's let's just narrow it to three, at least three. Three, things I want to do see. five. You want to do five? Okay, if yeah. you can do five, then we'll do five. But if we can't do five, we'll just say, oh, I can't think of five. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Now, do we want to save that for the end, or uh, to kind of go into it and talk let's about? Let's do it now. Might as well. We'll just, just go go ahead. Yeah. Um, We'll start with me because it's your question, so we're going to start with me this time. I personally think it makes sense to put Finn Balor on SmackDown. I am so glad you think it too because that was going to be my first thing too. So we both got one out of the way, and the reasons why I think that is he would just flourish so much more. I'm not sure if they – I'm sure they do. They probably have different creative departments for on SmackDown. They do. But SmackDown, definitely, it it keeps going. Every time I watch SmackDown, I'm like, it's better than Raw. It really is the – it's – you know, and – when the shakeup happened and they took so many guys from SmackDown this past time, SmackDown did go through a situation where they they did they were back to being shitty. You know yeah. that's just how it was. Oh, yeah. But I don't know what it's been here in the last couple months or so. Um, the storytelling and the overall in ring work I think is is getting much better, especially on the tag division. The tag division has just blown up over on SmackDown like nobody's business. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, but I would also venture to say that the main event stories with Styles, um, Jinder Mahal, who, quite frankly, uh, he wasn't he wasn't main <laughs> event or WWE title ready when he first got the title. Yeah. But it's like a lot of people have said, um, you, can't, you can't really blame it all on him. Creative has a lot to do with it, too. But he literally took that ball and he did the best he could with it. And he actually got better as time went on. You could see that his commitment to the character was uh, better. His intensity was getting there. He literally, by the time his championship reign ended, he was, I believe, at that level now where he could be considered a main event talent. Yeah. He just he evolved himself so well, and he got more comfortable as the time went on. Uh, but yeah, I, that being said, SmackDown just has so much more opportunity. Literally, it does seem like it is the land of opportunity. And I am very much like you in thinking, hey, we saw a great AJ Styles-Finn Balor matchup. 
take place at TLC, which, uh, by the way, I'm just going to throw this idea out there too. Could he potentially be the winner of the Royal Rumble this year? Finn Balor. People keep keep speculating that, and that would be – honestly, I would be cool with that, honestly. And then choose to go and face Styles on SmackDown instead of but you know the, you know the biggest of the biggest rumors. This is such a rumor; it's like not even like I mean, it's crazy to even fathom this. Can you imagine if Daniel Bryan won? It's you, yeah, that even, is definitely a can you, It is a very big shot in the dark. Dude, can you even imagine though? Because like, if it would be safe enough for him to enter like a twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, and then to have a lot of people in the ring. Because in a rumble, you don't you're not really worried about technical moves and get a hit in the head. I mean, sure. if you have the guys that are already worn down, you don't know who was in the ring previously. There could have been four guys that are in the ring that were in there, you know, the first ten entrances, and they're dead tired. Then you have Daniel freaking Bryan come out like a 29, if it would be 30. The sure. crowd, I'm serious. That's how you get ratings up. I mean, I would personally, if I'd pick Finn Balor, Daniel Bryan, I love Finn Balor more than Bryan, but I would love to see Daniel Bryan win that. Can you imagine if he had one more spotlight in the uh, Rumble and won it? Damn, that'd be nuts. It, it would be nuts, and honestly, that goes into another topic I was going to bring up later, um, because we've all seen the video. Oh, our top five. Uh, well, this doesn't go into the shakeup. Okay. But uh, before we go back into the shakeup, that goes into the video that was uh, that went viral of Daniel Bryan running the ropes at SmackDown this past week, and that was going to be what I was saying. Are we potentially seeing uh, a potential clearance coming here soon? They're for like Bryan? teasing us. I, I WWE has a very bad habit of doing that. God. They do. They really do. Because it's like they they did it last year with The Miz when everybody thought The Miz was pushing Daniel Bryan's button so much that this had to lead to a match. There had to be a payoff. Yeah, yeah. But then it turned out to be, nope, nope, we're just going to shit on Daniel Bryan even more. That's what I said online in a, a huge Twitter status that went pretty much viral for me at least. People were going nuts because I compared Finn Balor being held back and never taken seriously until he finally got over by the crowd. Like Are you Daniel, talking about Daniel Bryan? Like Daniel or Bryan? Finn Balor? No, exactly. Okay. I'm talking about how Finn Balor is being treated now by back, by Creative or Vince, and that's how Daniel Bryan was pretty much treated his whole career and CM Punk, and they yep. finally got over because of the crowd. Yep, it's 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 almost like WWE will not go with the guy until they're back into the corner. Exactly. You know oh I mean? yeah, I couldn't say better myself. You're right. Yep. And that's and that's sad because back again, we're speaking back into the days when we were kids with The Rock and Stone Cold. They they didn't do that. They didn't wait till they were forced to do it. They did it because they started realizing. Well, okay, I'm sorry. The Rock, they they had to because they were forced to because he started getting booed out the wazoo. Which so was they a did, good boo, though. They did. They for they forced the change at that point, but they realized it. They realized it and were like, okay, much like what Jason Jordan did, they realized he was getting booed. It wasn't working. We need to switch things up. And if WWE was more fan conscientious, which I don't care if Stephanie McMahon wants to say it, which she has done it numerous times over the last few months. Um, Triple H can say it. Vince McMahon himself can come out and say it. They do not care what the fans think. As much as they want to say they do, they don't. Because if that was the case, then they would have already listened to us about a dozen different times at this point. It's just, dude, it's all freaking politics backstage. It's it whoever is. it's whoever Vince likes more at the time, and yep. it's whoever keeps showing up and you know saying yes sir, yes sir. Exactly. 
but now uh, let's digress. Let's go back to our shakeup. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I want okay, to. I did. I did one that basically we both agreed on. So Pacey, we have one down each. But you're next. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to go along with Balor going to SmackDown, I would love to see Gallows and Anderson get traded over to SmackDown. Um, yeah. Because because honestly, it goes that's a right place back. For, in, that's a place for teams. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, it goes right back into good storytelling that you can do with Balor and Styles. Because then it goes to okay, um, who who would be the leader? Because you have Gallows and Anderson who were buddies with both guys. So that could lead into what side do Gallows and Anderson pick if you went into a Styles Balor feud? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like where would they fall? And that could reunite the club to be a dominant faction over on SmackDown. Which is sad to me. They really haven't. Aimed. Which, which either, which by the way, that would go either way. Like yeah. whether they did Styles or Balor, it would still be the club. Yeah. You know what I mean? So go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. Um. Oh no, I can't do that. It's way too soon. Hold on. I was going to say Alistair Black to SmackDown, but that's way, way too soon. Well, and honestly, he, he, no, do not put Alistair Black on the main roster right now. I not. know. And that he was would, my, that's my, so, that's my pinned tweet right now on Twitter because he would get so lost in the shuffle right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. That's why, news. that's why I didn't, that's why I backtracked. That's why I backtracked. Good, good. <laughs> um, let's see. Out of all the guys right now, I don't know. I feel like people may hurt me for this, but I feel like Kevin Owens to Raw. Because Kevin Owens on Raw really dominated Raw. He did. Well, he did to a degree. But honestly, I don't think Kevin Owens would have any of the success that he had on Raw. He wouldn't have it if he went back. Because Why? Right because now, Jericho's not there or what? No. Well, maybe in part, but not very much. Because right now, Raw is cluttered with Braun Strowman. You have Kurt Angle. You've got Everybody Chip keeps talking about Braun going to SmackDown. That's not going to happen either. No. Um no, not at all, because Braun... And you wouldn't right want to see it happen either? No, it's not that I wouldn't want to see it happen. It's just more so of it, Vince McMahon would not let it happen because Braun <laughs> yeah. Strowman is Vince's pet project, and the and he's always viewed Raw as the A show. So it's one yeah. of those things where you can't, uh, you can't say that he would put him over because he wouldn't. It just – it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Hello? Oh. Yeah, I'm still here. Sorry about that. You good? But, yeah, no. Braun wouldn't go over to SmackDown right now because that wouldn't work with Vince's view. It would go with uh, it would go with fans who wouldn't have a problem with him switching, but it would be more so of Vince is like, no, Raw is the A show. Strowman is the guy that I'm creating right now. Uh, it's not happening. Okay, so we never got a guy from me. Oh, I said Kevin Owens. Your turn. Okay, so you would say Kevin Owens, which, by the way, I would I would be in complete support of Kevin Owens staying on SmackDown because I think he's having a great uh, run right now. No, Sammy. no, I do too. But the Sa the Sami Zayn Kevin Owens thing is the most entertaining stuff on SmackDown right now, which will get me to another topic here in a little bit. Um, but I would say if I'm to pick somebody to go over to SmackDown. Um. By the way, we can include females in here too if you think there's a that's, female that needs to switch. Too, yeah. Um. But let's see. If I'm to pick, I would say from from probably SmackDown going over to Raw. Because mm -hmm. I want to keep things kind of interesting there. Um. 
I honestly think I think Randy Orton would actually do better over on Raw. Yeah, I can see that. It doesn't really feel like he's doing anything really. Nothing mean, important. Yeah, nothing important. Yeah. I mean, he's not. I get it. He's he's kind of the veteran over on SmackDown, which is sorely needed uh, to a certain degree. Um, but I just, I, Randy Orton's not interesting to me anymore. Like, Why do you they, think a veteran's needed on SmackDown? You know, they're doing well by themselves. The, like a younger kind of like. I just think SmackDown is the young man's plane, and granted, you've got AJ Styles and Bobby Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura who have been in. Uh, WWE for basically you know a cup of coffee, but they've been in the wrestling business for so long that they could essentially become the locker room leaders. Yeah, you know what I mean. They could still they can still be the veterans that are needed to help steer the course. So I don't think they would really lose any leadership if Orton went over to Raw, um, because honestly I don't really see a whole lot of interest with Orton with anybody over on SmackDown. I don't really see any kind of feud being interesting with Randy Orton right now. Whereas on Raw, you know, you could have Randy Orton turn heel and go back to, you know, maybe doing something with Woke and Matt Hardy, which I think would be kind of interesting to see. Um, You could, you could easily reunite the Orton Wyatt feud if you wanted to go that route or Mm -hmm. even go a tag team match with them again. Um, There's a few possibilities over there, you know, um, but I honestly just I don't I don't see Orton as being anything huge for uh, for SmackDown right now. Okay, so my turn. I would personally, after Dolph Ziggler is done with his little feud in the U.S. title, I I would wouldn't mind seeing him go back to Raw. Do you think he Do you think he would do well on Raw though? I think so. I've always I don't know. I feel like he would do better on Raw than SmackDown right now because SmackDown. But the way he's viewed right now. With all the stars, no, but I think it's almost like a revamp a little bit, though. But would it be? Is my question. He's already been there. That's 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 that's, I don't know who who could tell that. I mean, that's just whoever creative creative wants to push him. But he could easily do so many storylines. Say, hey, I got tired of SmackDown. They're not pushing me on SmackDown. You know, whatever the reason is, I just feel like it'd be a little better to be as a heel. He go to Stephanie and say, you know, Shane was treating me bad. I don't know a lot of things. Sure, sure, and and that's that's potential too. Uh, let's see what else we got. Yeah, you know, personally, I would love to see Paige go over to SmackDown, but that's just me. Well, not anymore because she's hurt. <laughs> well, and it, uh, it looks like that that's something that's not the case. Like she's not hurt that she's out. She's oh. like she suffered what looked, especially when I saw the video, it looks like it could have been a stinger. So yeah. Um, but they said that she was walking up and was around. She was getting around just fine the next day. Um, as a matter of fact, just a few minutes after, even though she was stretchered out, they said a few minutes after they got to the back, she was, she was back up and walking and things like that. That's good. So, so that's good. She's not, she's not out, which that was going to be something I was going to bring up later on too. Um, but no, I think, I think that would be fine. I personally would love to see Paige go over to SmackDown just cause I think she would flourish more over there as opposed to being on Raw. But I'm still not a fan of this whole Riot Squad absolution factions. It's the exact same damn thing on both shows. It's yeah, none... and I, I, if Paige is hurt, I think they're gonna they're gonna kill uh, the Paige's little thing, the absolution faction, whatever the freaking thing's called. It's right. so like not interesting to me now, dude. It just boggles my mind. They could have done so damn well with this thing, and they ruined it. 
like, could. like once again, it's an, I mean, a lot of people are arguing, oh, I like it, but most people don't like it. I don't, yeah. I mean, I it's... just don't get it at first, like, this is pretty cool, and I'm like, wait, SmackDown comes up, there's another thing? I go, okay, I go, oh, okay, this would be some kind of, like, multiple brands, like, kind of invasion kind of thing with the women, it's different, but I'm realizing they're actually don't like each other, and they're and spo- somehow both thought the same idea on the same week. It's just like, come on. Yeah, it's it's dumb. I don't I don't like Absolution. I don't like Riot Dude, Squad. Sonia Deville is hot as hell with her hair down and look and without that weird makeup she has. She is super freaking hot. I'm just letting you know though. She's she's not she's not batting for your team. Oh, she oh she's lesbian. Yes. Oh, I don't care. I know you don't care. I'm just letting you know. She's still hot. <laughs> huh. She is. She is. She's. She's good looking. Mandy Rose is uh, much better though. Yeah, I'm I've grown saying. a little bit of Mandy Rose, but still, Liv Morgan. Oh my! Yeah, you're freaking Liv Morgan. I don't get you. She's just tiny and hot. Okay, so your next pick. All right. So this is my last one because I can't really think of. Oh, I know this five thing was a bad idea. I told you we <laughs> should have stuck with three. every freaking time. I told you we should have stuck with three. Um, <laughs> See now I'm even having a problem. Oh wait, you had you already had one, right? No, I don't now. No, a minute ago. That was yours. It's my turn now, right? Use oh yeah, page. yeah, yeah. So you have yeah. time to think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my next pick would probably be actually you should put some thought in this damn thing. Hold on. I had an idea a minute ago. Yeah, I know, right? It's hard. I almost want to say Rusev, but Rusev is doing so well on SmackDown that I don't want to see it. Here's the reason why I like moving guys I like to Raw is because Raw for me is easier to watch at work because I can always find somebody streaming Raw live. So, See, I, I wish so I'm kind of biased. I wish I could say that because I always watch the, the hour and a half version on Hulu the next day. Yeah, I, so, still, I still do that though. I do too. I do that, but here's the thing. I like SmackDown much better because I get the full show. Like yeah. I don't get I don't get the hour and a half cut down, uh, half of half of the show. Granted, they do the best parts of the show, but still, it's like I get half the show on Hulu, whereas opposed to SmackDown, I get the full show. So I think that's another reason why I like. SmackDown. So I pretty much think we can't think of much people. So try to pick a quick one real quick. All right, all right. <laughs> You're still thinking though, aren't you? Oh, I said Rusev. Oh, you would want to see Rusev. Yeah. I thought you were. Still I don't, but do. I'm, I really want to see him on my show, so. Uh, let's see. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think because there's, I think there's somebody over on Raw that I would still. You know who I actually would like to see move from Raw to SmackDown because I think he would actually do so much better. He's doing great now, but this kind of goes with your thing of, and what we were saying earlier is that SmackDown is more of the opportunistic show for people mm-hmm. to get over. Um, he's literally been getting over little by little as being a, a heel that people hate, which I love it. Um, and he's entertaining as all get out. Um, Elias. I'd love Damn, to see him. I didn't even think Elias, but I'd honestly rather see him in Raw. You know why? Because to me, Raw makes stars, and Raw makes the actual big stars that Vince wants to push in the long run. No, no, no. SmackDown makes the stars, and then they put them over on Raw once they've begun to be successful. Mm, that's arguable, honestly. That is not arguable. They did it with because... Alexa Bliss. They did it with Bray Wyatt. Wait, Bliss just got just as popular on Raw before SmackDown, though. 
she wasn't on Raw though. That was my point. Oh she yeah. Became, she became. Uh, she actually got drafted over to SmackDown. And look, in one year, she's become this huge thing that arguably is the best. You're right. Diva you're right. Yeah. So they make the stars on SmackDown, and then Raw. They well, you can't use Raw, one person in the last how many years? We're talking about all in all. In all if we had to put a sheet of how many guys who succeeded because of a Raw push or a SmackDown push, Raw's going to win because Vince pushes more guys on Raw and puts them in more main events than on SmackDown. I disagree. Look at okay. look at SmackDown when you can see, especially back in the very first brand split with SmackDown, Eddie Guerrero, Edge, Rey Mysterio, Brock freaking Lesnar. But I here's mean, the thing. Those are arguable because they also were on Raw just as much before SmackDown, though. They weren't, but they weren't seen as big stars. Eddie Maybe, Guerrero yeah. was never seen as a big star on Raw. Not even one time when the brands were originally yeah, together. Yeah, I guess that is right. For Eddie Guerrero, you're right about Chris that. Chris Benoit, even. Chris Benoit I don't know who that is. We can't talk, we can't talk about him on here. Do what? We can't talk about him on here. I mean, we can. It's I have a written a... statement that WWE said I can have chicken. What? <laughs> no, that's good. I said I have a written statement that WWE said I cannot talk about Chris Benoit. Yeah, you're totally lying, too. <laughs> I know. That'd be pretty cool, though. I would so be down. Oh, that's what w- we get. We get a cease and desist order for would, talking oh about Oh, my God. Somebody. That'd be so cool, though. Can you imagine? To be How like, would that be cool? That'd be cool for me. I'd be like, man, they're like, they're like, we're getting popular enough or freaking WB is sending, hey, don't talk about Chris Benoit. That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, they better go tell Chris Jericho to not talk about Chris Benoit. Yeah. They better go t- tell every other single podcast that we can't talk about Chris Benoit. So, let's... Go one last thing before we go. Did you see uh, Alistair Black's last match? Oh, so good. The Fatal Four Way match. Yes, yeah, so good. Yeah, man, dude. NXT They're calling that always, the match of the match of the year. NXT is always gonna have that match. That I'm sorry. That it's just it really is the third brand, and it's the best brand in WWE right now. Well, Bar- all in all, SmackDown and NXT for me are probably. Pretty, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's bad to say that, but yeah, yeah Raw doesn't draw as much interest for me right now. Here's the thing: I still tune in the Raw more consistently because I just grew up with the Raw. You know, I'm like, sure. oh, it's Monday night, and Raw's always stuck to Monday night, so I always know when it's on compared to like SmackDown or NXT or whatever the hell. I have really bad memory, so. Yeah, you don't say. I just told you. You forgot. I know. I'm just kidding. I know. That's why I said you don't say. Um. Anything you want to anything you want to uh, say real quick before we? Yeah, there was actually two topics yeah. uh, that I wanted to bring up before we left. Um, one, I wanted to talk about the rumored WrestleMania match with John Cena, um, oh, and the fact that yeah. they think it's they said it's going to be a, a that Cena's it. plans are already set, like he's already done, and it's a it's a big time match. My question is. What do you think the big time match is? Well, I've already talked about this on Twitter nonstop the last four days because that was one of my Twitter questions. But I understand. But this oh, is, I should bring it up and read people's questions. Do what? I should read it and I should read it and let people tell people who on Twitter. Um, so there's a couple of them that I personally think that may happen or sh- could happen is Batista versus John Cena, only because Batista keeps saying he wants to come back, and the other one would be Taker versus John Cena. Absolutely. What about you? Um, the Taker versus Cena, I definitely wouldn't mind because it it, it actually kind of goes both ways. Um, kind of like you. <laughs> well, uh, we ain't going to talk about my personal life. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
Uh, oh my god. I mean, you you said it, so I mean, I'm gonna run with your joke. You mean to so read I'm some uh, people's uh, thoughts off on here? I mean, you're more than welcome to go okay. ahead. Okay. So basically, I put on Twitter. Well, it looks like Cena is gonna be the main event at WrestleMania 34. May not, not be, may not be, may not be main event, event, but he'll definitely be pushed for me. That's style. Oh, he'll definitely be one of the matches they push. I, like, I said, do you hope he faces any of the guys listed? I basically, it was an article and stuff. So a lot of people put their own spin on it and said. Let's see. Speed style said maybe Brock versus John Cena. Uh, no, that's that, maybe okay. Done and uh, seen it. Don't want to see it again. <laughs> Let's see. Tony Koch uh, at T Koch eight said uh, should have been him versus Mahal for the title all along. Disagree with that too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it wouldn't be a big draw because I'm sorry. While, Jim, while, while I said gender literally came into his own in that role during his reign. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Jinder Mahal is not a big match for John Cena. Yeah. Let's well, be I honest. Think, I think for building him, building, building him up, maybe. Okay. Um, at it's me. Bareth said unpopular opinion, but Taker. I think he, he could get Taker to a three match to let him retire on a better, better than that. Very poor showing to retire on. I, I agree. Yeah, let's, I agree with that too. Uh, <laughs> Ryan X official said CM Punk, which would be absolutely epic. It would be epic if it ever had a chance of happening. I know. Uh, at I at I love CLE two sixteen said he said he completely agree with Cena versus Owens. And no. it's not big enough. Okay. Um, MJ Do seven said I've been waiting to see how they book Cena versus Taker. I guess he's kind I, of a dream. I'm pretty much. I'm. I think it's pretty much a, a given conclusion that people would rather see Cena versus Taker. Yeah. And, and you know, this is where I kind of con. I, I conflict with myself on this because, as much as I I would say that I disliked the match with Roman and Taker, which overall, um, it wasn't a bad outing. Um, you definitely could tell that it was it, it, that could have been Taker's last match, just because of the way everything was presented, the way everything looked to be. I mean, you had all the makings of it being just that uh, the of Taker's final match. Yeah. And honestly, the way he went out, you know, the whole leaving your gear behind and everything like that. To be perfectly honest, that's the best way to retire the Undertaker. But he could have. He should have waited for that. He, he may have, but there was somebody that said this earlier this year when all that happened, that this could be the way that they retire the dead man gimmick. What about him making one final run as the American Oh, Bats? my God. You would. There is no way Vince would let him go out doing that. You don't think he would? Oh, my God. There's, I, I mean, be, I wouldn't mind it. I've always liked American Badass. But like I did, too. I enjoyed I it. I mean, it would let him talk on the mic more. But exactly, which that would be the way that he could literally come out and thank people for getting behind him for all those years. You know what I mean? There's there's a way they could do that. I just I honestly do think the way that he went out at WrestleMania this past year, in my opinion, I don't think you have a better storybook ending. You know, as much as that is definitely where it's like I told a lot of people and a lot of people felt the same way that were wrestling fans that grew up being Undertaker fans. That was the last of our guys that was like, wow, this guy's now gone. You know, he's he's retired. Yeah. Like, we literally lost the very last guy we had that was of our childhood, you know? Yeah. And people thought the streak ending was a, was a bad moment, 
it was a moment for me that almost made me stop watching wrestling because I couldn't <laughs> believe it. And yeah. you recall that because you were there when I almost yeah. walked out. <laughs> I said, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this. Because I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe they went through with it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I just – I don't know how I would feel about the whole Taker gimmick coming back and doing one more match when it just felt like it was too perfect of an ending for his career. The way everything was presented, it yeah. seemed like it was too good. Let me uh, – oh, I was going to uh, read off a couple more because um, there's not more left, really. But a lot of them kind of just kind of side with all of us. Um, hold on. That's the only match I think you could put John yeah. Cena in at this point. If it's not Taker, who else would be big enough to face Cena? Aside from Triple H, which Triple H is not a big match. Sorry, he's not. And they're planning Strowman and Triple H anyway. Are they? Yeah. Well, I mean, they teased it at Survivor Series. That's and true. The, and the night after. They pretty much pitched it as uh, they were looking at Angle versus Triple H for the Rumble. And then Triple H would go on to face Strowman at WrestleMania. Um, let's see. P uh, is this, is this shit on? Basically, um, <laughs> I know. He said, awesome name, uh, he bro. I know. He basically said, um, I don't see him being cool with a Lesnar, Lesnar-ish title run. I guess going against Lesnar at WrestleMania. Uh, sports are, Andy said, no way he will main event it unless it's under versus Undertaker. Reigns versus Lesnar or Nakamura versus Siles will main event. There's some of the main event. Um, I, I oh. Do you think? Do you think we get Nakamura versus Styles for Mania? Uh, it's looking like it. Uh, Dennis the Cynic said, "I'd watch Cena versus Batista." Ooh, I wouldn't he? mind it. I, I, I mean, I, look at me. I, you know me. I wouldn't mind it. Uh, one of our, our one of the guys who comments a lot on here, uh, J Loki Rock 08 said, "There's been rumors that either Samoa Joe or Undertaker." How would you feel I, about Samoa Joe? Ooh, I don't. I don't think. I personally like Samoa Joe. I I know enough about Samoa Joe where I definitely feel he's a main event talent. But do I think in WWE's eyes he's a big enough talent to say that this is a huge match for Cena? No, not at all. I don't uh, I don't think Joe's over enough to the WWE to be specific to say that he would be the John Cena match for Mania. I wouldn't have a complaint with it. Yes, yeah, so I, I wouldn't have a complaint. I actually like it. I like him too. But this I, is the one for you. We haven't we haven't said yet. Matthew underscore McCoy said, I'd like to see Cena versus Rock 3 break the tie. No. <laughs> Hell no. I knew you wouldn't like that one. No. <laughs> it, it shouldn't have ever been done a second time for that matter. <laughs> I still am bitter about uh, that. The most ridiculous two two matches ever. Here's here's Josh, Joshua Maximum said, Cena versus, Cena versus Goldberg. <laughs> no? If Goldberg smashes him in 30 seconds, absolutely. I'm okay it. with it. But that goes back to my WCW mark days. You know, I'd be, I'm a WCW fan. So as I stated on this very same podcast with Goldberg came back, I had no problems with the Goldberg, uh, the Goldberg run he had because it was a total flashback of nostalgia yeah. uh, for his WCW run. Triple, triple three M Moody said Roman Reigns versus Cena. I did enjoy the Roman Reigns Cena feud leading up to the No Mercy pay per view, um, but with Reigns on the cusps of facing Lesnar for the title, I don't think that would be the match either. And this one would be nuts. DJ Jake Fisher said Cena versus Brian. Absolutely would be huge if Brian got clearance for it. Yep. 
but I don't see that happening. Do you think? At all. Do you think by WrestleMania we'll see Dan or Bryan in some kind of match? Nope, not even in the slightest. Really? Why? Uh, uh, but uh, it's it's. I just don't think WWE is ready to go the route yet. Really? Okay. Well, that was simple and quick. I just, I really I don't. It's not that I it's yeah. not that I don't like Daniel Bryan. And trust me, I'm like you. I'm like everybody else. And pretty much we have it one way or another. Whether it's with WWE or whether it's when his contract expires uh, around this time next year, uh, we're gonna see Daniel Bryan wrestle again. It just now comes down to who's he gonna wrestle for. Is it going to be under the WWE banner, or is he going to go back and be a king of the indies again? That's that's really what it comes down to. Yep, that's you're probably right. If WWE is smart, which I would hate to say is I know they are because we know <laughs> very much so they're not. Uh, they are definitely not smart all the time at all. Uh, I honestly think they'll let Daniel Bryan go. I think Daniel Bryan will not resign, and they won't be smart enough to resign him. It's and then I do because he literally gets, he literally till this day gets more pops than anybody on the roster. I know, but it's, I guarantee you, yeah, I guarantee you, it's going to happen where we'll see Bryan go free from the WWE and watch he blows up to be the biggest wrestling star. Period. WWE, New Japan. I don't know. Compared to Kenny Omega, it's going to be hard. Uh, no, because... Just because Kenny Omega has so much fire in the tank still, and he's so young and new still and fresh. So uh, then get the, this. In the long get run. Get this. But, the, you want to talk about dream matches? Yes. Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. That would be that would be awesome, but... It could man, happen. I know, but, like, Kenny Omega and the Bullet Club, they do so many spots and, like, really hard-hitting stuff sometimes. It scares me for Daniel Bryan's health. <laughs> I mean, it, it honestly does me too. But it's not like a simple match, like in wrestling. Like they over, you know, they have a little more, a uh, little more leeway with doing more hardcore stuff. They do, but I think I honestly do feel that because they know how how much in jeopardy Daniel Bryan's health is at this point. Um, I don't think you would have those guys be unprofessional. Yeah, that's true. And and knowing how smart of a man Daniel Bryan is. I honestly don't think he would put himself into a situation that he didn't feel he was comfortable with. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he was working with somebody, I guarantee you that he's he would have uh, long conversations beforehand, and they would already talk a lot of things out. I don't. We all know Daniel Bryan's not an idiot. So, mm -hmm. um, him versus Kenny Omega, uh, especially with the fact that Cody Rhodes and the Bucks have that all-in show that we've talked about a couple times here. Can you imagine if that's the headliner? That'd be awesome. So there's no way, shape, or form you think in 2008 would ever see Kenny Omega or um, Young Bucks come to WWE? Uh, especially not the Young Bucks. Their contract doesn't expire, I think, until 2020. Oh, okay. Um, but Kenny Omega, is there an opportunity? Is there a chance? There's always a chance, especially with the fact that he only signed a one-year deal. But I've also watched so much stuff that Kenny Omega is so set on never coming to be. I've watched him say it. Like, him say he just has so many friends, and he's got so, like, he was so kind of, like, butthurt by the whole experience the first time when he tried out. Well, here's the thing, though. That's that's I've seen an interview of that same similar nature mm -hmm. from a few years back. Um, over the last year, though, Kenny Omega – I have a different reason for why he probably won't go to WWE. 
um, and it's one that I think he's actually voiced already, and it has nothing to do with necessarily the previous experience because now Kenny Omega is being seen in a whole other light. You know, and and that and that happens to a bunch of a bunch of guys that like were in WWE at one time. Oh yeah, they break away and go on the independent track, and then they come out to be even better than what they were before. Or just in general, you see guys that were on a mainstay of a of a TV show, they step away for a little bit, and then they come back and they're better than what they were before. AJ Styles is a prime example of that. Star of TNA, he was the head of TNA's originals. He goes and goes to New Japan blows up to become a bigger and better wrestler mm-hmm. and star over there and gets signed by WWE by his talent. You know what I mean? Uh, Kenny Omega, I think, is in the exact same predicament in the fact that he uh, he has now risen his stock so high in that company uh, with New Japan that now his value exceeds New Japan. Now it's at a point where does he feel in his own mind that – his talents would be utilized better with WWE or would they be more utilized better with new Japan? And I personally think, and he's even said he enjoys being somewhat of a brand ambassador for new Japan because they're the ones that gave him a shot and now have put him into the position that he's in. And he's the one that convinced new Japan officials to do the two uh, shows over here in the States this past year. Yeah. I just I think honestly we won't see Kenny Omega come to WWE anytime soon and I honestly feel for him that's the best thing to do is to stay exactly where he's at. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way cuz I just feel like they're just going to ruin him. They would. I I don't think they would really see the value in Kenny Omega. At least I should say, let me scratch that. I don't think Vince would see the value in Kenny Omega. Now, if you had a Chris Jericho who's going to work with him this upcoming week in the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom 12, um, I guarantee you if Kenny Omega re- or, or re-signed with WWE, or excuse me, signed with WWE and Jericho re-signed, Jericho has enough pull with Vince where I guarantee you if he saw Kenny going a certain route, he'd probably be the one to go up to Vince and be like, you need to do something better with this guy. Yeah. You know? I, I guarantee you it could be something along those lines. Um, but I just don't think Kenny's going to be that yeah, guy. Yeah, I, that know. I just think it's one of those devil advocate kind of things I, I'm figured too. I think, I think honestly, he's he's perfect right where, he, where he's at and doesn't need to go in. And real fast, we keep, we keep bringing up more things when we talk about. So I watched this whole entire – I watched this whole What Culture episode about how literally Chris Jericho is literally just keeps changing the wrestling industry. <laughs> He does. He really, truly does. He is such a, like, one of those, I mean, I, I still honestly think he's not give, always given enough props or not talked about enough. He's literally making uh, s- making it, New, Japan, New Japan Wrestling such a big deal with his job for this match. He is, and, that's, and that goes to Jericho's credit. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Jericho has always been one that has never, uh, never once feared change and he's never once been afraid to try something new yeah as a matter of fact he's he's very much in tune with uh, professional wrestling in regards to he understands that you have to keep evolving in order to stay relevant and you have to keep things fresh in order to stay fresh in the minds of the fans and that's why we saw him go from y2j to that uh, serious gimmick back in 2008 where he had a complete about change 
Um, He then had another changeover when he came back in 2012. Um, He had another change of transition character when he came back this past run. Jericho is all about doing something different every time, and he's not afraid to take a risk. And that's essentially what he did here with New Japan, only now he doesn't have the WWE creative behind him. This is Chris Jericho just being the creative force. And along with Kenny Omega, them having the freedom to create this story that they have is amazing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Well, I uh, need to go, and I had a great time talking with you, Travis. Um, So we will let you do the outro, as usual. Sure. As always, people, if you like our episode, please like us on Facebook, like us on Twitter, Hmm. share us on any kind of platform, social media-wise, that you possibly can if you enjoyed our show and helped spread our show. And you can always go follow Ramsey at... Oh, WWE (laughs) Ramsey. You so timed that bad. Thank you. I mean, I'm just letting you know, man. I I was actually yawning and stretching. Oh, is that okay? Well, I'm glad the piss poor excuse is better than none at all. Oh, so, it's okay. real! It's real! Uh, Sorry. It's it's damn real, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kurt Angle reference there. Yep. TNA. Anyway, uh, you can follow Ramsey at WWE Ramsey. There you go, and you can follow me at Travis underscore Falhark. So like us both on Facebook, follow us here on Twitter, and of course. Go visit rumblingrumors.com for free wallpapers and all wrestling news that we can possibly muster outside of spoilers. And as always, take care. And, I mean, maybe cut your hair because it's not going to be like mine. next time, goodbye. And good night. <laughs>